All right, we are back, rolling, steam rolling season four. <laughs> Jack, what do we uh, what what do we got on deck? You got a, I I feel like you've got a list list a mile long here, of, of juicy juicy topics. Well, you know, I think my overall frustration with our industry shines through at moments like this. But yes, here's one for us. Um, it's a conversation based on some spending profile information I was looking at, right? And the question was, are people doing the right balance of spending left and right of boom? This was based on a conversation with a private equity investor I had who was talking about the attractiveness of MDR firms, where everyone's buying MDR. And I'm not suggesting that MDR isn't important, right? We know uh, I have a bit of a history in it. Uh, so yeah, I think it is important, but it led me to start doing a little bit of thinking and talking with some folks about how do people create a balanced approach that allows them to think of all the things that are left of boom, the things that happened you know, sort of before a breach, and then how I react once a breach happens. And if I can set the stage for why I think this is sort of the way it is, we all know that security is never 100%, right? That's like an axiom. And so everybody's going to have to do something for detection and response. And I think the problem is that organizations have been led to believe that since you have to prepare yourself for something bad happening, well, screw it. Let's just do that a lot and not worry about things actually happening. If I can respond quickly enough, maybe it's not so bad. And to me, it's, it's a fundamental misunderstanding of what cybersecurity is all about because some things you can't fix, some things get massively worse in a relatively short period of time. And the complexity of cleaning up is far more expensive than preventing, even for, for a single attack. So I figured we get started with that. And I want to get your thoughts on you know, all the folks you've worked with over the years in your own work as a global CISO. How do you figure out how to communicate about that balance of things left of boom and right of boom? <laughs> oh, I was curious if we could just hang out on the right side of that. I would say, yes, that's true. Hmm. In my experience, it's, that's something that's easier for people to get their heads around. Like it's, it's really easy to understand. You got wrecked, a truck just drove through your front door, and now you can start to clean up, right? And clean up is going to be like restoring it to what it was. That's that's very like the the outcomes and what you need to do are very clear, right? Hmm. Like it's the same thing. Like I, I I love me a bottle of wine with like chocolate chip cookies. I wish it didn't make me fat, but guess what? It does, <laughs> right? And I know the outcome is I'm going to have to spend more time on the treadmill. <laughs> right. But yeah, I think that's actually a good one, right? If we, if we use this health as a metaphor, like I oftentimes do, right, from what you just said. So there are some things that happen to you that you can't fix on the treadmill, that if they're discovered earlier or if you simply prevent them from happening is better. Like, you know... Um, Let's take smoking, cigarette smoking, right? So historically, people just smoked, and then we figured out it's really bad for you, and so a lot of people quit smoking, right, because it was really bad. Because by the time smoking is noticeably bad for you and, you know, emphysema or, God forbid, lung cancer or something occurs, you're really far along that trail, and cleanup is hard, right? And so left a boom, where boom is the doctor saying, dude, I got bad news, there are some things you really got to work on that. And I'd argue that some of the rapidly spreading attacks and frankly, just the frequency of having to deal with a mess 
is importantly mitigated, right, by thinking left to boom. We all know we should work out. We all know that we should like eat healthy. To everybody, that means different things, right? Um, my, well, actually, I think probably our, both of our ideas is working on it. Probably the same, actually. <laughs> um, but to other people, it's like, um, other people who are not us are going to have a different view of those things, right? But even if you do those things, the question is like, is it making a difference? Is it changing the outcome or your risk of potentially having a heart attack? As like a, like a really extreme example, right? I'm saying like, I'm doing the right things, but I don't know if it's actually preventing that thing from happening. What I think is same with true in cyber is saying, hmm. we work in an industry where uh, people are still trying to figure it out, right? Like they're not, they're they're not like the the dietitians and nutritionists and the personal trainers that you would expect to see in a traditional health industry. Mm-hmm. They understand what should be done. It's hard to articulate what the what the value of some of these things are to stakeholders, people who control budgets, um, people who allow spending, people who um, you know allow hiring to happen. It's uh, at, at times it can be kind of like akin to buying like an insurance policy, right? Like you know this risks exist, but is it is it worth the spend? Is it worth all the effort that you put into? You know, is um is it is is it worth going through all these gyrations to to do this thing where we don't even know it's going to be an issue later? And hmm. our our industry really really struggles with with that, and because because they struggle with it. Um, I think for a lot of companies, it's just it's easier to ignore it. Like the right, the right side of boom is way easier to understand. Like the the idea of saying like I've been breached, like that's that's pretty clear. Right. I know there's a risk. I know there's a problem. So I'm going to go even further left of boom, right? I'm going to start talking about I'm talking about all those investments that happen left of boom, right? Um, I think. One that we don't typically talk about, right? Because we, when we talk about preventative mechanisms, we typically think about, oh, I need to do more endpoint, or my firewalling's got to get improved, or I want to implement whatever. Um, but some of left a boom is creating a strategy, right? Before I decide how much I'm going to invest in response, let me create a strategy, right? That tells me how much I should expect to. And maybe the strategy says those really important services I'm not going to offer off of systems which are outside the standard tight controls that I use around PII or something, right? So, you know, for me, investing in strategy is a left-of-boom kind of goodness. The other thing, because of what you were just talking about, right, the difficulty about communicating the value of this to stakeholders sometimes, the left-of-boom stuff, I think it's actually more straightforward to report on the benefits of left of boom than right of boom. And, and here's why. So if I think I'm spending, you know, N dollars a year right of boom, every quarter there isn't something horrible happening in my organization. I've spent money for nothing in terms of reporting, right? I was ready, but not so much, right? So if I look left of boom, and what I did was I said, I am really frightened that users will make a mistake and a single infected machine will spread everywhere, right? Well then, if I've done some preventative you know, stuff on the other side, maybe I can say my endpoint solution identified an attempted process that looked malicious that would have spread. Or the way that we balkanized our network and the way that I'm measuring traffic showed 
how we did not allow traffic to you know move over its network boundary and we prevented ransomware from spreading or at the gateway we blocked you know n instances of malware from coming in so on a daily weekly monthly quarterly basis i can say i left a boom stuff here's all the stuff it prevented and you can sort of like expostulate on how much it would have cost us if it actually went through yeah so for me some of that more consistent measurement, more consistent communication may actually be made easier by doing the thing that people think about less, right? Because you're right, the value proposition of, hey, if something bad happens, we're going to clean it up for you. That's pretty good. But if that thing doesn't happen a lot, then they're, they're wondering what they're really paying for. Like if I said, Justin, I'm going to charge, I, I will charge you $10,000 a month, but I promise if you ever spontaneously combust, I will be standing beside you and putting you out with a fire extinguisher, right? And you'd be like, That'd be pretty good. And every month I'm like, dude, hey, you didn't explode. But if you had, I would have been here. Right. And eventually you're going to be like, maybe that spontaneous combustion isn't something I should worry about so much. Yeah. Right. Jack, let me um, let me ask you this. So we've we've recently spent some time talking about strategy and approach to how you construct a cybersecurity program. Right. Um, we talked about like the muscles and capabilities that go into enterprise security and 2023 and how you measure that, what it means to an organization, what the inputs, outputs, and expected outcomes of all these things are. You also talk with a lot of people within our industry, mm -hmm. current clients, future clients, other, other folks in the industry, just off the cuff. How many of those individuals would you estimate um, could have these conversations or have the um, uh, have the understanding of what needs to be done in order to craft the correct strategy for for their organizations. I think very few of them will arrive at it organically, right? It's not going to occur to them to talk about it that this way. You know, you and I have done a lot of conversations on the podcast and just in general about improving sort of the creative communications associated with cybersecurity and that being a real talent for CISOs who kill it. Um, I don't think it's hard. I think the messages are pretty straightforward. I remember you know, using a combination of Zscaler technology and some Proofpoint and some good stuff out of Palo. Right? We're able to give data that almost anybody can speak to. Right? I blocked this many whatevers is language that people understand and with the right partners with the right internal team, they can say, and if I hadn't blocked it, this would have happened, right? And so I think, I think almost everybody I talk to could have that communication, but I think that almost none of them are because it doesn't occur to them, right, that that's the way you do it, right? Everybody is um, more fear, uncertainty, and doubt-based, right? And it's, it's the premise that they, they move from is, they tell their management teams or their, their boards that I have to do this to protect against that. And sort of ensuing from that discussion is this assumption that you just told me you're protecting against it, so it just won't happen. And then we have that problem where it falls down and, it's, and it does happen, right? And then they're like, well, dude, you told me you're protecting against this. And then you have to go back and say, but look at all the stuff I blocked. And they're like, yeah, but I don't really care because that language isn't about all the stuff I'm blocking as the value, it's it'll never happen as the value, which I think is a misset expectation. Yeah, you know where I think a lot of people get tripped up on on that piece you're talking about, um, especially when you talk about fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and that's easier to like, can I get your arms around and tell a story of, is um, 
that's real easy to develop in a vacuum, right? Like you don't, you don't have to talk to anybody to come up with those conclusions. Like we, like we can all come up with extreme or likely scenarios that would validate or disprove any, any of that. Right. And you can, you can do that with yourself, chat, chat, GPT and Google and come up with it just fine. But I think to do it right requires that um, you kind of be the evangelist in the organization that you work for. And you have to talk with peers and you have to understand like what their business goals and objectives are and like, and really like what they're trying to do. And um, if, if you kind of start there and saying, okay, what, like within our business, like, honestly, like what's like, what, what's the worst thing that could happen? Right. Or what's the likely thing that could happen. Right. And you do it in the, like do it with the context in your business. Like now all of a sudden, like things start to make a little bit more sense. And, you, you know, when I think about when I go like all the way to like the left, when I go, you, you know, the most left side of it, um, for me, it's uh, that starting point is having conversations as like, like a business stakeholder, right. And understand like what your business is trying to do, how they make money, what problems you're trying to solve, what objectives they have, right? Yep. More importantly, like the people in the technology that exists and start to inventory those things. And, um, but when I start to think about like, okay, like what, what does a strategy look like? And, you know, there's, I, I think there's, there's a lot of ways you can, you can kind of shape this. And there's a lot of ways that you can kind of like slice up what a security program could be. But um, I think, foundation we, we we can all agree like it's a multifaceted thing but in all cases like if you know what the goals are that you're trying to achieve by any one discipline or any one capability you know what you have an ability to measure it like you've given it enough thought that you can tangibly measure something you know what activities this thing should produce like if you're doing um worried about like internal compliance or internal controls is like a really good example um, you know that your, your specific activities are to um, identify all compliance laws and regulations that apply to your organization. You're going to adapt a security standard, NIST 853, ISO 27001, take your pick. That's what you're going to align to. You're going to establish like a GRC mechanism. These are, these are all activities that come with the idea of creating like internal compliance. And then in those cases, like, then you know what your inputs are and you know what your outputs are. You know what's required to input into the security activity in order to get to the desired output. And if you can do those things, you know what success looks like. Um, you cannot do that in a vacuum and you cannot do it in, a, in with just the Googles and you certainly can't do it with chat GPT, right? Like you need to get out and talk to people and you need to solve business issues. And like I've, I've said this forever, like you if you want to go as far left as you possibly can and be as preventative in nature as possible requires that you are that person that understands the goals and objectives of the organization, like why they exist, how they exist, what problems they're trying to solve. Right. And then from there, start having conversations with people, business stake, business stakeholders, like, you know, how are, what are your goals for your department? Like, how is your department goals? influencing business goals right and once you start having those things like you become a business advisor and then all of a sudden like you know be like all right do i actually have to stand next to jack because he's going to internally combust probably not 
I'm actually going to go hang the fire extinguisher by the door. Let everybody know this is where it is. If Jack and Charlie can bust, you can get the fire extinguisher here because it's not probably not going to happen likely unless it's on a Thursday afternoon. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It, 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 honestly, bud, I love the way you just walked through that because it brings me full circle on this topic, right? Because we sort of came into this, are people over-investing right a boom, right? And not thinking hard enough about left. And I was sort of coming out of like, how do we give people recommendations about things they can do to be more balanced and think about being more balanced. But what I think you just did was you did a really rich job of defining why it is this way, right? Because that thing you just described, I think it's got to be a dozen podcasts. We've talked about the difficulty that traditional securities leaders have in understanding the business, having those open communications, being open to that kind of feedback, thinking through the strategy, having a broad enough view of the technologies and approaches available to them to make great decisions. And so maybe as we come full circle on this, the encouragement for the listeners is to think about that balance, think about that seesaw, recognize you're going to have to do some detection and response because that's great, but realize that exists this whole world on the left-hand side of that that not only pays the benefit of decreasing the number and cost of responses you have to do, but it also increases the, the benefit and the value of your security operation, your security programs, because you actually took the time to get to know the folks and you understood how the business works and you applied the right security. And now suddenly you're that leader you always hope to be. You're that leader that the company needs so that security gets embedded across a lot of different things. And that sort of that balance of prevention and detection response you know, gave you the lever you needed right, to figure all that stuff out and insert yourself inside that process with a financial justification. I think that was really good. Listening to you talk made me realize the leftmost side, done correctly, strategically, is free. It takes a long time to do. It's a lot of work to put in place to do it right, but it's not going to cost you extra. You go to the other side, you go to the extreme right, it's going to be quick. It's going to be light work to get to any type of strategy document, but you're always going to be putting out fires and it's going to be super expensive. Right on. So would you, on the left, is is free, takes a little bit longer. You're not going to do that. You end up on the right side and you just accept that risk. Just know it's going to be, you're not going to have to put a lot into it, but you're going to have to put a lot into cleanup and that's going to be expensive. And do you have it? Yeah. Cool. What do you think, Jack? Any, anything else on this one? No, I like it. I like where we ended up. All right, let's wrap it. Okay. Uh, if you like this episode, please like, share, subscribe, uh, where, wherever you get your, your favorite podcast, wherever you choose to listen to. If you have questions for our mailbag, you have topics for right swipes, there's a breach you want to know about, there's security technology you want to know about, uh, send it in to us, pwned at newharborsecurity.com. And if you actually need help with your cybersecurity strategy, uh, not really sure where to start, but you would choose to be on the left and the right side as far as being proactive and, and measured versus uh, responsive in nature, give us a call. Uh, and you can find us at newharborsecurity.com and we'll get you on the next episode.